Good morning and welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we are going to be learning Shmois Revi, the fourth Aliyah in Parshas Shmois. The topic of our Aliyah is the burning bush. We hear now that in our Aliyah, which is an Aliyah of 15 Sukkim from Perik Gimel Pazak Aleph to Tezvav, the following Moshe is a shepherd for his father-in-law, a father-in-law whose other name is Yisra, and he is shepherding his sheep in the desert, Rashi tells us, because he wants to avoid stealing from other fields. And he arrives in the area of Har, Chor, uh, Har Elohim, the mountain of God, Chorev. This is where Sinai is in the Sinai Peninsula. At this point in time, an angel of Hashem, a force of Hashem appears um, in a fire in, a, in amongst a bush. And this, this bush is burning, but it is not being consumed. Moshe says this is very strange, Asura Nova area. I'm going to take a look at this very great, lofty um, vision. Why is it not burning? Hashem sees that he has turned, and Hashem speaks to him and says, calls Moshe, Moshe. Moshe responds, Hineni, and he says, don't come close, because this is a very holy place. Remove your shoes from your feet. And that's what happens. Hashem then gives him the message, which is, I am the God of your forefathers, Avram, Yisak, and Yaakov. And Moshe Rabbeinu hides his face because he is terrified of this, this apparition, of this vision. Hashem tells him that he has seen the pain, the suffering, and heard the cries of the nation of, of, of Israel, in the, of the Hebrews in Mitzrayim, because of all their oppression. And I'm going to, to go and save them from the land of Egypt, bringing them to a better land, a good land, a wide land, which is going to be the land of Canaan, and take out um, the, 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 the replace the nations that already live there now. And Rashan describes that you are going, Moshe Rabbeinu, are going to be the one to be the agent of this. You're going to go and um, I'll send you to Pharaoh and you will ask him to let my people go. So Moshe Rabbeinu's first response is, Who am I to go to him? That I should be able to take him out of Egypt. Shashem says, I'll be with you and I'll give you a sign that I sent you. And that is that when I will take the people out of Egypt, they will serve Hashem on Haharazeh, on this mountain, Mount Sinai. So Moshe Rabbeinu's second response is, well, they're going to ask me, Mashemoy, what's his name? What should I say the name of, of Hashem is? So Hashem responds very enigmatically by saying, Eheyeh, Asher Eheyeh, I will be what I will be. And then he tells them to, that, to tell the nation of Israel, Eheyeh Shlachani Aleichem, that the name Eheyeh, I will be, sent you. Um, and uh, then Moshe Rabbeinu is once again um, asked by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to tell them this is his name and to go and release the nation of Israel. So that's a basic summary of Aurelia. It's a very complicated dialogue. Um, a few basic points to ponder. Number one is what is the meaning of the burning bush? What's the symbolism that Moshe Rabbeinu is supposed to learn that we're supposed to contemplate when understanding this parasha? Cheskuni says it's a very simple equation. The Egypt is the fire, Israel is the bush. Egypt is oppressing Israel, destroying them, but they will not be fully destroyed. So they will be they will be able to outlast their oppressors, and that's what's being told to him as well. One should note that it's important to, to understand that according to the timeline that, that Chazal worked with, Moshe Rabbeinu was in Midian for 40 years. So that's a significant amount of time. And for him to be able to see this and understand the metaphor of this meaning of this apparition is quite astonishing in the sense that he was very obviously emotionally connected to his brothers and sisters in Egypt, even though despite the distance and the time that he's able to see this message. The Maral says it's a little different. He says that this is an indicator of what's called Imoy Anochi Hashem is with Israel in their suffering and Hashem is 
providing a remarkable insight and that is that when Israel is suffering, I too am suffering with them as well. Not that Hashem, so to speak, suffers, but Hashem is choosing to put His Shechina Begalusa, his, um, his Divine Presence, into a form of exile um, um, while Israel is suffering. This is the first time we're seeing that not just an individual, but a nation mattered to Hashem enough for Hashem to wants to be with them in such a state as well. The Kleyako gives another possibility, and that is maybe that Egypt is the thorn bush, meaning why, why is Egypt the thorn bush? Maybe this is a side about what's going to happen in the future. Hashem says, I'm going to afflict the Egyptians, but not fully consume them in order that I'm able to give more miracles to produce more plagues against them, like hardening heart, the heart of Pharaoh in order for this to work. That being the case, that's the sign of what the burning bush is as well. The Kleyako produces another suggestion, which is also maybe the notion of Israel. Koits, the thorns, are always um, a representation of those who speak Lashan Hara, those who speak um, negative speech against each other. And as Moshe Rabbein had experienced himself by the people he was trying to help, the two Hebrews who were fighting, they were telling, they were willing to, um, to, to betray him to the authorities for his, for his protecting a Hebrew on the previous day. So Moshe Rabbein had seen this firsthand, and what's being said over here since the Kleakar is that this, this idea of thorns burning, which is the idea of this crackling sound, is a sound which is likened to in other places in Tanakh. The fool's voice is that like the crackling of, of thorns, not real fuel, it's just making a lot of noise, does not producing so much heat. That's the sound of the fools. That refers to the reason why Israel perhaps is in Golos at this time, although they won't be fully consumed. So a lot of different messages that can be seen and understood in the burning bush itself. Another question is, why must he remove his shoes? So the Ramban suggests that the Shekhinah has descended right now, like it would in the future on Har Sinai, when the Torah would be given, and holy ground requires shoes to be removed. As we see as an example, the Kohanim priests serve barefoot in the Mishkan and the Migdash, where that place is, is where Hashem's divine presence is, and you have to remove your shoes when in contact with that as well. That's what the Ramban suggests. The Raul Bug says it's actually a metaphor for uncovering an idea. That means when Hashem says, remove your shoes, what He's essentially saying is, I would like you to understand. I want you to take off the cover to understand the meaning of this idea. That's the more rational perspective. The Malbim has a very beautiful expose over here. It's a thesis that he has across Tanakh, that the shoe is a metaphor for the body. And what is essentially being said to Moshe Rabbeinu is, I need you to remove your bodily awareness right here to understand the spirituality, to understand the real message, to understand your mission fully right now. That's what he's being asked to. The Malbim goes further to say that if you compare it to later on in Sefer Yoshua, when Yoshua removes his shoe when he meets this angel, yeah, at that point in time he only removes one shoe. So Moshe Rabbeinu is, is being asked to shed all of his bodily awareness, a deeper degree of bodily awareness, in order to be willing to be part of this mission. And that's what's being described in this. So it's not simply just remove your shoes at the door. This is part of and parcel of how Moshe Rabbeinu is going to have to operate. Another question is, it says that Hashem says, I heard their cries. Is this that they were praying? Were they really religious? Were they able to express prayers to the, mon the monotheistic God? So Hashem, Rav Pinkus points out, Rosh Pinkus and Sharon Betvila points out that this is one of the many expressions of the notion of prayer, but it's an interesting perspective on prayer. Tzaka, he explains, and this, the, the chapter which is dedicated to that form of Tvila is a wordless prayer, but it's not even a prayer with a destination or a request. It is just a cry in pain. But even that is part of Tvila. So the groans there, Na'akasam and Tsa'akasam is, 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 is really a pain, expression of pain.
And that's what's being expressed over here, just to get a sense of how low, how difficult it was at this point in time. Now the question we can ask over here is, why is Moshe hesitant? Why does he say, Mianachi? So the, uh, I had heard a beautiful idea from Rabbi Moshe Hauer, who pointed out the following. And that is that just a parak ago, Moshe Rabbeinu was out on the construction site, and there he was trying to help everybody out. He wanted to save the Hebrew from the Egyptian. He wanted to stop the Hebrews fighting among each other. So surely he's the right candidate to go and help other people. So answer that, that why is he so hesitant now? And the suggestion he made is a very beautiful one. And that is that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to help people, individuals, one by one. I want to solve this problem, that problem, this oppression. Hashem says, but I want you to save the whole people. In order to do that, you need to enter, you need to be the ambassador of the, the, the Hebrew people. You're going to go into the chambers of the Pharaoh and represent them. Moshe Rabbeinu says, that's not the kind of help that I want to provide. I want to help the individuals. I don't want to go, go and get involved in this, all this administration, red tape and bureaucracy. But Hashem says, this is the way that it's necessary to, to be able to save wholesale, not just person by person, not relationship by relationship. It's a bigger mission that you are on. And that's the negotiation that's happening right now. Another question we could say is, the very strange sign that Hashem gives him at this point in the conversation is that in the future you're going to, you're going to um, see that this nation will serve me at Sinai. Really? How does that help? <laughs> that's, that, that's not a sign that's going to help now. That's, that's sort of saying is, well, you know, if you want to know how, where, my my, where my credit is, where my credit rating is, well, in the future I'm going to be very successful. That's, that's not helpful. Well, how does that work? So Rashi says, no, the future capacity of success is already in them now. Spiritually speaking, they're worth the investment, essentially, spiritually. They're worth investing in because they will, in the future, hold out. So it's worth investing, as Rashi understands. The Meshach says a very different perspective. Rav Meir Simcha Devinsk explains that the greatest hallmark of a leader in the eyes of Hashem is humility. And Moshe Rabbeinu, you just proved why you're the right leader. And anybody who knows this, anybody who works in communal work knows that the people that really want to help them and get involved in a project as a volunteer are the ones who say, I'm not worthy of the project. I, I can't. I'm not. I shouldn't. Those are the best people. So that's why Hashem is saying, Moshe Rabbeinu, you just proved your worthiness by saying, who am I? And you know what? You know what, I, what the sign is? Is because the people, are, the place I'm going to choose for this people to receive the law from me is this mountain, Har Chorev, Har Sinai. This place called Sinai, which is the lowest of the, all the mountains. It's the most humble of all the mountains. So Moshe Rabbeinu, you just matched yourself up with the divine mission by saying, you just proved the whole point of what it is that you're trying to disprove. Now, um, what is this name of Eheyeh Asher Eheyeh? One should notice, by the way, that Raman Paskins in Hilchas Yisrael Atara, this is one of the names which cannot be erased. Meaning to say this is a very significant name of the Almighty. And if you have it written down, you're not allowed to erase it, like the Shema Vaya, like the Shema Lokim. What is so special about it? What does it mean? Rashi says very famously, quoting the Gemara in Barachos Tavtes, that this is about how Hashem is going to be with them in this goddess, in this um, exile, and in all future exiles, which are in a certain sense um, extended from the goddess Mitzrayim. And uh, what Moshe Rabbeinu had said to Hashem is, Hashem, don't, don't talk about the future um, exiles because that's too hard, it's too difficult for us to, to contemplate, which is why Hashem just says, that Hashem promises to be in the future. Bechor Shor, Rav Yosef Bechor Shor, says that perhaps it is actually another form of the name Hashem Havaya, which is the, the, the most imminent name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Yud, the He, and the Vav, and then the He. And it's just with switched letters, the Yud and, yud and Aleph, and the Yud and the Vav, are really, it's really the name of Hashem. Some even suggest, he quotes uh, one, one possibility, that it's almost reflective of who's saying it. So when, we, let's say, when a person says, I'm going to do something, they say, when a person says on the outside, who, if they will do it, they say, with a Yud. So perhaps the Shema Vaya, Yud Hay, and the Nevav and Hay is from the outside describing Hashem. When he describes himself, it's, I will be.
which is the way it's expressing the Wakash Barucho. However, the Ksavah Kabbalah says that it refers to two ideas, the idea of Eheyer and Eheyer again. One is the uh, capacity, the ability, as he says in Yiddish, Ich kann sein, Ich kann sein, and the other is not capacity or ability, but rather the Ratzain, the will to, Vos Ich will sein, as he says in Yiddish. That means to say, what I want to do. And so he says that what this means is that Hashem has the capacity, and Hashem is telling Moshe Benu, to express himself in this world in very different modalities. I can be Shakai, Shindalad Yud. I can be the one who expresses himself through nature. I can be above nature. I can be through, I can be through history. HaKadosh Baruch has different ways of expressing in the world, and Hashem says, I can choose whichever modality of operation to be in this world. That is who I am. So don't limit me to being one name specifically. That's how Rabbi Yaakov C. Mecklenburg understands this as well. With this, we close the fourth Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.